live from America. You're listening to the Hip Hop Patriot. Jeremy Harrell. Nothing, hear nothing, and say nothing. This is day four of the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. This is Justice Project. The longtime house manager of Jeffrey Epstein's home in Palm Beach, Florida, read aloud from an instruction booklet Ghislaine Maxwell gave him in 2001 and 2002 that instructed staff in minute detail how to handle Epstein's homes. The manual contained instructions for staff to maintain extreme discretion for Epstein, Maxwell, and their guests. Remember that you see nothing, hear nothing, say nothing, except to answer a question directed at you. Respect their privacy, unless he read from the manual. He took the rule as a warning to keep quiet about anything he saw. Maxwell was with Epstein 95% of the time when he stayed at the Palm Beach house, according to Alessi. Alessi said there were many, many, many females that came through Epstein's Palm Beach home during his time working there. When women sat by the pool, they'd be topless 75 to 80% of the time hanging out with Maxwell and Epstein, he said. He recalled specifically two girls coming to the house that he believed were underage. Jane, who testified earlier this week that Maxwell and Epstein abused her and Virginia Roberts Guffrey who has previously accused Epstein of abuse. We're excited to get more details as this case unfolds. Be sure to follow us here at Justice Project for the latest in the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. And welcome to live from America everybody. Hello, happy Friday. We made it through a week and this was actually my first week uh, back from having um, COVID. So it was uh, <laughs> it was really rough getting back into the swing of things. It took a couple days to really get into it. But I think it was a wonderful week. What a great week of shows. I got a great show lined up for you again today. A lot of information. So get your information caps on. Be ready to take it all in. Soak it all in. And then uh, be able to distribute it out to everybody else as well. I want to tell you guys... <clears throat> Excuse me, that if you uh, if you had a hard time getting here this morning, if you had a hard time getting to this video, that was not Rumble's fault, that was my fault. I actually started to create what would be today's show, and I, I, um, I, did, I did it wrong. I didn't do it the right way like you're supposed to do it through Rumble. So I had to cancel out of that and rebuild another program uh, on Rumble. So some people are getting 404 messages. Uh, it's okay because I post the actual show on Telegram and Getter so you can get through it that way or you can just go to my website and click over as well if you're having a problem. Um, having said that, I'm really going to need some help, guys. I'm really going to need you guys to share this exact video. So if you could, please just copy the link or just click the share button, go through your messages and send this video out so people have it. I would be uh, very much appreciative of that. And I will also let you know that yesterday's show, the day show, has got twice as many views as we've gotten for the last three months. Remember that, that last uh, leg of the Save America Freedom Tour that I went on and all of a sudden we went from like 9,000 down to 4,000 view viewers. For some reason, people were logged out when they did that last update, uh, we just started getting viewership back. But I'll tell you what, yesterday's show, because of your sharing, and that is a testament to what you guys do, got, uh, I think, 35,000 views just for yesterday afternoon's show. So uh, 
It's all on you guys, and I appreciate the help. Thank you, Scotty. God bless you, man. He says, let's start the dollar train. I appreciate that. Um, I also want to... Oh, by the way, I forgot to give you my, my, uh, my morning open, which is Welcome to Life from America, from the Live Free or Die State of New Hampshire. Granite Staters right here, and I am your ever-so-humble, God-fearing, and God-loving, flag-waving host, Jeremy Harrell, the Hip Hop Patriot, and today is december 3rd ladies and gentlemen already year of our lord 2021 not only did we make it through another week but we made it through one heck of a year together and i don't think i would have been able to make it this <laughs> this unscathed and uh this level-headed if it wasn't for all of you guys so i want to say that uh, i thank you all very much and uh please get the video and share it out i'd also like to say welcome to tom S1964 is his handle on here. Tom just became a monthly donor today, and I want to say thank you very much, Tom. We've had a lot of attrition lately. Uh, a lot of people are having some hard times, so donorship has really gone down. But that's okay because God has answered the prayers in other ways, like uh, you know my pillow and 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 Patriot Foods and Rumble Rant. So. God will always find a way, and I just want to say thank you, Tom, for joining in and becoming a monthly donor today. Jeremy, we love you unconditionally, says Becky80. Well, I love you too, Becky. God bless you. Happy third birthday to Reagan, which is a three-year-old uh, niece. So happy birthday, Reagan. God bless her little birthday, and I hope it's a wonderful day for her. Thank you guys all very much for all your little dollar train um, uh, donations. It's truly great to see. Liberty Shines, thank you very much. Biden sounds like he has COVID. Yeah, he really did, didn't he? He's starting to look not only his, his normal mental decline, but he looks physically, physically like he's declining very, very fast. And it's actually, I don't smile when I think of that. I'm actually very saddened uh, by how they're just abusing this man and putting him out there like that. It's truly sad. If you don't have my public channel on my Telegram, I'm sure someone can post it. It's massive news, says somebody. I'm not sure what you said, um, but uh, definitely find her Telegram. If anybody uh, was able to watch Live from America last night on Real America's Voice News, let me know how it all worked out for you. I, I know, and I also sent out the link to the Live from America platform on Real America's Voice News this morning through a newsletter uh, right after the morning newsletter. So, uh, Proud Patriot says, I ordered something with the LFA code. It looks like it was for my pillow. It went too fast. And uh, But I thank you very much. That's, that's a big help. Um, and I'd also like to thank Lori Vincevich. I hope I say that last name, Lori, right? I know I've said it before. But Lori Vincevich, she sent me a huge United States wall tapestry flag. For the new studio it's actually incredibly large so i couldn't show you in front of the camera but it will be in the new studio and by the way ladies and gentlemen i will be doing an evening show tonight because the people coming from real america's voice news are uh, don't need to be picked up from the airport so by the grace of god i'll be able to do both shows today let's get to that verse of the day that we were just talking about that morning newsletter and i titled it seeking the savior now this morning's verse um really dives into Luke. Uh, as, as I said, that me and my family are reading Luke as we get into this Christmas season. Um, something that I think everybody definitely should do to start the Christmas season. Luke is a great book, especially when you're surrounding your you know nightly morning and nightly worship uh, around the birth of Jesus for this Christmas season. So the verse of the day today came from Luke 2, 15 and 16. And again, it is titled Seeking the Savior. Seeking the Savior. This is a pretty incredible verse, and it's a pretty incredible little piece that I put together here for you. It says, again, Luke 2, 15 and 16. says, The shepherds said to one another, Let us go now, even unto Bethlehem, 
and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste. So that is the shepherds who were just visited by, uh, by an angel of the Lord, uh, letting them know that the Messiah has been born. And these uh, shepherds were, were shocked and in fear until they heard the message that the, that the angel had brought to them. And then they were filled with joy and happiness. And with, uh, to, they made great haste by leaving what they were doing and seeking the Savior. Who was born in a manger now check this out this is incredible these shepherds were not ordinary shepherds nor were the sheep ordinary sheep that was of their flock these men were carefully chosen to watch over the flocks from which lambs without blemish were selected for temple sacrifice the sacrifices foreshadowed jesus christ the true lamb of god the shepherds were well informed concerning the Old Testament prophecy of the coming Messiah. While the angel referred only to the city of David, the shepherds went immediately to Bethlehem, the predicted birthplace of the Messiah. And they knew this because they were well versed in the Old Testament. And the angel literally just spoke of it as the city of David. The shepherds knew exactly what he was talking about. Their prompt response exhibited not only a knowledge of the scripture but also faith in god's promise now in contrast to that the pious religious leaders of israel who attended temple worship three times a day also knew where the messiah would be born but they lacked the faith to act on their knowledge the shepherds who tended the flocks night and day could not attempt, I mean, excuse me, could not attend temple worship. Yet the angel revealed the good news to them and them alone, not the pious religious leaders who had very little faith. Now, although faithful in keeping the sheep, the shepherds now left those sacrificial lambs to witness an event of the greatest magnitude, the newborn Lamb of God the Savior of mankind, Christ Jesus. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that absolutely incredible that these shepherds who were specifically chosen to care for very specific and unblemished lambs to be sacrificed in the temple, this is a very, very, very good job. This is a very, very good job, and it's a very, very high responsibility at that time. So for them to just drop what they were doing and leave this flock of unblemished, sacrificial temple lambs to go and see the greatest gift of all time, the completely unblemished Lamb of God, what a great act of faith that the pious religious leaders, like the Pharisees and others, would not do because they much like the, the communist Democrats today, they put themselves up on a pedestal, they put themselves above everybody else, and they don't feel that they have to answer to anybody. Hindsight being 2020, ladies and gentlemen, and looking back on it today, what a wonderful story of faith, what a wonderful story of, uh, of sacrifice, and uh, all surrounding the birth of Jesus Christ. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Makes my skin crawl makes my hair stand up gives me goosebumps um 
so we're this is uh, what my family and I are, are are speaking about every night. The Book of Luke. We're going through it day by day, and so expect a lot of what my family and I are are uh, are reading during this Christmas uh, season. Uh, a lot in the newsletters and in the uh, the morning um, conversation. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to it. You know how we do it. Let's go to it. You know how we do it. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Uh, my favorite part of the show, because I know that there are thousands of you out there right now, roughly 4,000 at least on Rumble, and of course we have our Roku family as well. Do not forget about our Roku family. It makes me so happy to know that all of you are out there saying this with me. So if you're there, let's do this. Here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And I want to give a big shout out before we start the show, folks. I want to give a big shout out to Justice Project America, whom I started the show today with the cold open of that video. These guys are a great resource for what's going on in the Jelaine Maxwell case. Uh, the Jelaine Maxwell case isn't something that we're really going to be talking about today, but I, this this is a group of, of wonderful uh, journalists and free thinkers and people who want to spread the, spread the truth to the American people. Uh, Justice Project America. If you want to uh, follow them on any social media platform, they have Facebook, they have TikTok, they have Twitter and they have Instagram. Go follow them as they are keeping everybody informed with what's going on inside that courtroom, them along with many others. So just know, know that I will keep up on that case for you if you can't, and I will continue to bring you at least the highlights, uh, the, the, the most important things that were discussed uh, from testimony in that courtroom, okay? All right, ladies and gentlemen, moving on. Let's go to the first and foremost section of today, and unfortunately, it's not going to be starting out with good news but we will be ending the show with good news, so make sure you stay tuned. But the beginning of the show is going to be riddled with those weak, crybaby, whiny, coward Republicans. It is absolutely mind-blowing how we were so duped for so many years to have this uniparty group of people and these rhinos represent us when that's exactly what they're not doing. It's the exact opposite of what they're supposed to be doing. They ran as Republicans and ended up being basically Democrats. Okay, And that is why my arms are open to people fleeing the Democratic Communist Party. And I know a lot of people have their res reservations about people that say, hey, I'm a Republican and I'm running as a Republican because that's kind of what got us in this mess. However, it is a little bit different because the people that got us into this mess whom we trusted had been lifelong Republicans. So we just went down the line, Republican, Republican, Republican in most cases. But now you have people actually putting their reputation and their livelihood on the line to come over to what The View calls the dark side. It's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do, and I understand we need to vet them probably more than those who call themselves lifelong Republicans. But you watch and mark my words. Some of these people, like Doc Oz that are coming over here, will be so much more uh, of a loyal Republican than half of them that we have right now. So I'm so worked up about this. However, let's just get into it. The House and the Senate both 
passed the stopgap bill yesterday voting to kick the can down the road, ladies and gentlemen, and avert government shutdown by funding the government all the way through February 18th of 2022. Now, in the House, it passed 221 to 212. We didn't expect anything there. We didn't expect anything otherwise in the House. There's no the, the numbers aren't there. There's just nothing we can do unless a bunch of these progressive jihad squad members decide to vote against it, which we knew they weren't going to vote against uh, shutting down the government. So that bill in the House passed 221 to 212. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, the only loser rhino Republican who jumped over the aisle as fast as he could to vote with the Democrats was Adam Kinzinger, who's already on his way out anyway. This man has little man syndrome complex. He's a crybaby. And of course, I didn't expect anything less from this loser. Now, I didn't, again, we did not expect this bill not to pass in the House of Representatives. Where we were hoping to stop it was the Senate. Because we actually had, ladies and gentlemen, we actually had an opportunity to stop it dead in its tracks in the Senate. And of course, we did not do that once again. But before we get to the Senate, let me play you one of the only Republicans who was willing to stand up and scream no, no, no on funding the government and kicking the can down the road. Why? Because she actually understands business. She actually understands the private sector. And just like myself, she's out there screaming from the top of her lungs, if you don't know how to run something effectively and efficiently, then you need to stop what you're doing and reevaluate, period. But this overbloated, overfed monster of a government that we should never have gotten to in this point in America, here we are, and they can't stop spending. So let me go and play my good friend saying, we need to stop now. This is Marjorie Taylor Greene, ladies and gentlemen. The government should be shut down. You want to know why it should be shut down? Because the people in here, the people in here cannot control themselves. The people in here don't understand how to balance a checkbook. And the people in here do not deserve, deserve the responsibility on how to spend the American people's money. $29 trillion. $29 trillion, Madam Speaker. Shut General it down. Ladies, time has expired. Do not pass the CR. Shut it down. Again, one of the only Republicans in there. Of course, you've got uh, cowards like uh, Kevin McCarthy who need to be removed immediately. Now, I see a lot of people in the comment section talking about stop supporting Doc Oz. I'm not supporting him by putting a highlight or a spotlight on him. I'm saying we're going to vet him. I'm going to get him on the show, and I'm not going to endorse somebody without being able to vet them properly. I've made that mistake before. I'm not saying Doc Oz is going to be some kind of savior. What I'm saying is we need to keep our eyes open and our arms possibly open to people coming away and walking away. It is a very different story than people who have said they're lifelong Republicans and vote consistently with the Democrats like Mom Jeans, Mitt Romney, and Adam Kinzinger. All I'm saying is if we really want to grow our GNP, Grand New Party, we have to be at least open to the idea that people are coming over here. And let's vet the crap out of them. That's why I said, let's get him on the show. I'll ask him the hard questions. I will I will bring up the, 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 the Muslim faith that everybody talks about. I would bring up the uh, his his uh, views on, on the Second Amendment and, uh, and, and all that stuff. 
because you never know, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of people can change their mind real quick when they're completely shut down and locked down like we were for the last two years. And uh, like I said, look at Joe Rogan. He's probably the, the biggest name in this kind of a movement that I'm talking about. He's went full on right wing now, ladies and gentlemen. So you never know what can push somebody over the edge. And all I'm saying is let's keep our eyes and ears open for that because a lot of Republicans are not. Okay. But big shout out to Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene for being the firebrand that she is day in and day out, despite what people think of her, despite what people say on the internet about her. She hasn't really changed much. She's going full bore, full speed for the grand new party and for people who are, she's just sick and tired of, of, of Congress. And so am I. And so am I. Big shout out to her. Now let's move over and let's talk a little bit about what the Senate did. Okay. The Senate passes the stopgap bill funding uh, the government through February of 2022, February 18th, I believe it was, 69 to 28, 69 to 28. Now we have an even split in the Senate, 50-50, where Kamala Harris would come in and cackle her way to a deciding vote. But literally 69 to 28. And, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to name for you the 19 Republicans, including Mitch McChina, who voted once again with the Democrats. Here we go. Roy Blunt. Richard Burr. I mean, these are all the same people that are always voting, but... Shelley Capito. Bill Cassidy. Susan Collins. John Cornyn. Lindsey Graham. Cindy Hyde-Smith. Joe Kennedy, Mitch McChina, Jerry Moran, moron, Lisa Murkowski, Rob Portman, Mike Rounds, Marco Rubio, Richard Shelby, Tom Tillis, Roger Wicker, and Todd Young. So this stopgap this stopgap bill allocates an additional seven billion dollars for Afghan refugees, ladies and gentlemen. And now it will head to the desk of creepy, sleepy, pedophile, illegitimate Joe Biden for his signature. Now, Senator Mike Lee earlier in the day had held a vote on an amendment to prohibit any federal money being used to fund Biden's vaccine mandate. And that even failed 48 to 50. So ladies and gentlemen, what you're doing and what we're seeing is we're getting an opportunity here. I know this all sounds like terrible, bad news. I get it. I get it a thousand percent. But what is happening here, ladies and gentlemen, is we are able to, because we're paying so much close attention now that we've never, that we've never ever done before. This country has never had their eye or never had a magnifying glass, at least in my lifetime or in modern lifetime, on what's happening in Congress as much as we are right now. So the good thing about this is the silver lining, I guess if there is one, if you want to look at the glass half full, is that we consistently, every single time, we're, we're able to put these, the, these faces to these names and say, okay, these are the people that are bad news bearers for this party. And if they want to continue to vote this way, then they can leave the Republican Party and go to the Democratic Party. But guess who would be in charge of really running that? Would be the RNC and Ronna McDaniel. Those should be the people that are saying that are holding these Republicans accountable. Because I'll guarantee you that these Republicans that are voting with the Democrats, I would guarantee you that their constituents, the people that they're supposed to represent, do not want them voting that way. I would guarantee you 
that they would not want their Republican representative or senators voting with the Democrats on these terrible, disgusting, money-spending bills. I guarantee you. So the RNC should, if it had a backbone, should be stepping in and should be vocally speaking out against these rhino Republicans so that their futures in politics, in their states, in the Republican Party, are constantly on the chopping block as long as they continue to do this. But there's never been accountability. That is the problem here. There's never been high-profile, high-name Republicans in seats of power that will speak out and say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Now, there's a couple now, but prior to this, prior to Donald Trump exposing everything, there was never anybody holding anybody accountable. Here's the new Republican Party, ladies and gentlemen. You want to you wanna be a Republican? Then you better shape up or ship out, period. Because the Democrats have beat us for entirely too long by doing exactly that. All we need to do is we need to have a mission statement as a new Republican Party. We have to say what we believe in. We have to talk about the exclusivity or the the inclusivity that uh, of everybody of every race of every uh, religion, and we need to make sure that we show that umbrella and how many different people, how much diversity it actually encompasses. We need to put out a real mission statement, and we need to have that completely be lock step and key that everybody says the same thing it's the only way you're going to ever beat the communist left but unfortunately the republicans the the grand old party they don't see that they don't see that all they see is them sitting and staying in their seat how much corruption they can rack up while they're there and then you got people like lindsey graham when i was in south carolina and i was speaking with south carolinians they said to me that the only reason that this scumbag is still sitting in seats in the seat of power there is because of the billions and billions of dollars that he brings in that actually goes towards creating jobs but that's just it he's been in power for so long he'll always keep you between a rock and a hard place governor sununu's do it does it to us here in new hampshire as well so we just really 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 need an overhaul and it's happening and it it, it is happening and trump is endorsing america first candidates that are winning okay his record of endorsing people still stands and it is happening but it needs to happen at a larger scale more everyday average americans who believe what you and i believe and who want change need to step up and need to run for something and it doesn't matter what it is just something Because the power comes from the bottom up in this country, not from the top down. And that's what we've been working on for the last 11 months. So let's continue to work on it. And if you have a friend or a family member or somebody that you know, maybe somebody at your work, maybe who knows. If you have somebody that's been thinking about getting into politics and running, help them. Push them across that finish line and say, you know what, what can I do to help? I'll fold it. I I will lick envelopes and send out anything you need me to send out. I'll knock on doors for you. If that is how you get involved, then please, ladies and gentlemen, let's continue to to just finish the work that we started and remove these rhinos because until we do, we're just going to keep dealing with this over and over again. It isn't so much the Democratic Party that we need to be focusing on. We know what they're going to do and we know their playbook. We need to be focusing on cleansing this Republican Party and we need to be focusing on a mission statement and a message that every Republican echoes. That's what we need to do. We don't need to be mindless drones. We just need to get people in there who are like-minded. We don't want anybody saying going against what they believe in. But here's the thing. If you don't believe in at least these five major message uh, bullet points, then, you're no, then we don't want you in the Republican Party. Go run as an independent or go run as a Democrat. 
and it's and it really does suck to say we have to get to that being that harsh but it's the only way we're going to stop the communism that's coming in this country we are at these times these are rough times these are hard times time to put your big boy pants on or your big girl pants and it's time to move forward um another troll there's a troll in here that's okay that's we want we want people who disagree with us in here actually try to have some conversation with whoever it is that would be the best thing that we could do have a little bit of conver- have a little some conversation with them and uh you know go from there all right moving on ladies and gentlemen remember the louisiana u.s district judge um who earlier this week put a complete halt on the biden covid vaccine mandate for healthcare workers nationally this coming off the heels of the missouri u.s district judge uh, ordering that for 10 states and then two days later terry dowdy the united states district judge in louisiana he came along and he said well i'm doing it nationwide for healthcare workers so i want to talk about him a little bit let's bring up he's got some harsh words for why he made that judgment and I love what he said because it makes 100% sense. You know, common sense, that one thing we don't seem to have these days. All right. The complaint provided evidence based on, actually move, move on. Dr. Judge Dowdy, excuse me, pointed out all of the illogical and irrational contradictions in the mandate. And these, what, what I'm about to read you that are quoted directly from him, this is what led to his decision to make the ruling to literally stop the vaccine mandate for healthcare workers nationwide. He says this, quote, if the boosters are needed six months after being fully vaccinated, then how good are the COVID-19 vaccines and why is it necessary to mandate them? Then he says, quote, the COVID-19 vaccine does not prevent transmission of the disease among the vaccinated or mixed vaccinated slash unvaccinated populations. Mandatory COVID-19 vaccines for hospitals do not increase safety for employees or hospital patients. So this guy basically has said the same thing that we've been saying this entire time. Like, look, we get it. We're trying to, we're trying to work. The the medical community is trying to eradicate COVID-19. We get it. And we know that a lot of people have worked very hard. We know that there's been a lot of corrupt people that have pushed an agenda as well. We get it, okay? We know that we know not everybody is corrupt. We know that everybody would love to get rid of this this COVID-19 man-made Fauci-funded Wuhan disease. We get that, but it's clearly not working the way you said it worked, and it is clearly not a vaccine. It is clearly an mRNA experimental jab. So stop calling it a vaccine if it doesn't actually do what you intended it to do. And since it doesn't do what you intended it to do, period, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, that's where it stops. Since it does not do what you intended it to do, then you cannot mandate or make people take it because it's not doing what you said it would do. It's the most common sense thing that you can say. In other words, even if you're fully vaccinated, you still may become infected with COVID-19, Judge Dougherty, his ruling said. So based on those specific questions and concerns that he had, that is what led him to make the ruling that he made. And it's, I don't care what side of the aisle you fall on politically, how can you disagree with that? How can you disagree with what the man said? What he said is common sense. 
So anyway, I just wanted to give you a little bit more of an insight as to why he made the ruling, not just because he was a Trump appointee, because I see all over social media, the liberals are like, oh, he only did that because he was a Trump appointee. No, he did that because he had common sense questions that cannot be answered and that will not be answered. And if you do question these, um, these, these protocols and this agenda and these mandates, well, then you're completely shut down, silenced, or banned from any social media platform. When you have legitimate physicians, doctors, scientists, and judges who are all questioning and have all these concerns, how do you just deny them the forum to speak? How do you deny them the opportunity to show you what they found? Like the over 20,000 deaths and the 900,000 adverse reactions and the permanent paralysis, the myocarditis, all of that. The athletes that are falling dead on the soccer fields overseas. You know what I mean? And that's just a direct result of the vaccine itself. So that's what led him to, uh, to make that that judgment, that ruling, and for whatever troll that seems to be in here right now, at least acknowledge that the common sense concerns and questions he had are valid. And if you can't even do that, then no, you are not worth the time to have a conversation with or a debate with. Just walk away from those people because it's like talking to a, uh, a wall. You're never going to get a response back, all right? Meanwhile, ladies and gentlemen, in Italy, People are actually holding what they call a March of the Vaccine Dead. And I'm about to show you some video footage. And what these people are doing is they're not marching in the streets in opposition of the vaccine. They're not marching in the streets in opposition of the lockdowns and the mask mandates. What they're doing is they're marching in the streets to honor the, I don't even know the number. You'll, you'll see all, all, the, all the faces. Because they have faces on 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 uh, protest picket sticks, and uh, they're marching through, and they're singing, and they're calling out these people's names because these are the, however many people that are in this community died from the vaccine itself, and it's a sad thing to see, and that is why when you see all of these people that are just going, oh you stupid Republicans, or you're all just you're all just uh, you don't know what you're talking about, you're rude, you're terrible. No, there's actual valid concerns here. Check this out. This is in Italy. Oh, hold on a second. Here we go. Andrea Pilate, 21 anni. Andrea Pilotti, 23 anni. Camilla Canepa, 18 anni. Eugenia Blandino, 37 anni. Davide Morlet, 39 anni. Remy Ova, 30 anni. Nasu Sacris, 32 anni. Valeria Peccini. 49 anni, Sonia Battaglia, 54 anni, Marco Pio, 36 anni, Angelo Tedesco, 41 anni, Martina Catorrio, 24 anni, Alessandro Campo, 24 anni, Emanuele Pileggi, 42 anni, Ilaria Papa, 30 anni. So that's what's going on in Italy, and, and they're, they're being demonized for it that's the crazy part is there's people all over social media and people there in their community uh, on, on their local news that are calling them extremists that are calling them spreaders of misinformation now i see in the comment section here on rumble that people are talking about how great ivermectin is and you're right and we're actually going to talk a little bit about that about the ivermectin next because 
Let me just get to that story real quick. <clears throat> Fully vaccinated president of the UFC, Dana White, has come down with COVID-19. And what did he do? He decided to go and treat it the same way that Joe Rogan and Aaron Rodgers treated their exposure and, of course, um, contraction of COVID-19 by using ivermectin, ivermectin and monoclonal antibodies. And guess what happened? He said in 24 hours he felt like a million bucks. Do you remember when President Trump visited Walter Reed? And he came, he wanted to leave like the next day. I think he stayed there maybe two days and then he left. And then he, he, you, you seen him, he looked great. He had all his color back because he, they're, these people are using therapeutics and common sense um, uh, medicines that we've had in this country forever. And it's working. And people can't stand that it's working. And that's where we've come to in our world, ladies and gentlemen. That's where we've come to in our society. That people are actually mad at people who are recovering from COVID-19 a lot faster than everybody else by using these kind of drugs that we've had in this country for who knows how long, including the uh, and with the uh, the addition of monoclonal antibodies. And people are actually mad about that. Can you believe we live in a world where people are mad that people are actually surviving and becoming more healthy? It it, it blows my mind. Look, if I had a, a uh, if I was a scientist and I and I came out with some drug that miraculously cured cancer, but this drug cost you know thousands and thousands of dollars for you to get, and then somebody else came along and they found something way cheaper, something that we've had forever and it was right under our nose the entire time, and it fixes you and cures you a lot quicker. Do you think that I would be upset about that because oh there goes all the money I'm going to be making? I mean, if I was some you know greedy billionaire maybe if i was these pharmaceutical companies then yeah that's exactly what they do but as a normal human being you would think wow that's great that means more people have access to this more people can be cured from cancer more families don't have to experience loss more families get to keep their uh family members with them longer it's a win-win for everybody but that's not how our society works and you actually have People on the left, just regular everyday people who are not scientists, not physicians, not doctors, who are mad at people like Dana White, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Rogan, and many others who've come out and said, this is how I cured it, and now I'm great, and now I'm fine, and my, uh, my antibody level is through the roof. Can you say the same for your three, uh, triple vaccinated, five-time mask wearing self? It's just, it, it, it's incredible to me how many politicians... And how many high-powered profile, uh, high-profile power names in sports and in Hollywood are all working with the media to make sure that the pharmaceutical companies become trillionaires? Makes you wonder how much these people are getting paid to demonize you and call you names for coming up with a better solution to the problem than they have. It's really just a. It, it makes me sick to even talk about. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on from that and let's get some good news out of Wisconsin. Remember when I announced nearly three months ago that the former Wisconsin Supreme Court State Justice Michael Gableman was the new uh, lead investigator in the state as it pertained to the 2020 election fraud that happened? Well, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of people had their doubts about this guy and said, oh, he's not going to do anything. He's not going to do anything. But apparently, ladies and gentlemen, he's been pretty busy. He's been pretty busy. Right now, he, it's, it just came out yesterday that he is seeking to jail two Democrat mayors if they continue to avoid official questioning. 
And he is threatening to subpoena Mark Zuckerberg's operatives who gave all that money to all these Democrats in these cities and these states to steal the election in 2020. And I actually have a video of this that I'd like to play for you right now. So long story short, he's been busy. He's working. He's trying to jail two Democrat mayors who took Zuckerbucks, who took money from Zuckerberg in order to steal the election. And remember, this not only happened in Wisconsin, it happened in all of these swing states that they stole by circumventing the state legislature, the only people with the power to create or enforce election law and made their own election law, which they had no power to do. Those are all the states and cities that also got Zuckerbuck money, and uh, Michael Gableman isn't having it. Check this out. I think it's it's very clear that Mark Zuckerberg's goal was to defeat Donald Trump and elect Joe Biden. Well, let me, and let me then just, he funded CTCL yeah, and the Vote at Home Alliance, okay. uh, and their local representative, a man from New York City called Michael Spitzer Rubenstein, who last time I was before this committee, I, issue, I looked in the camera and I issued him an open invitation to come and talk with us. We would but, love to have him come and visit Wisconsin. Again. And so far, he has not accepted my invitation. And so we may be looking at more robust ways to secure his presence. Mark Zuckerberg comes to five cities and spends $8.8 million, gives it to the mayors of those five cities, and then switches it midstream, mid mid, contra, mid mid negotiations from a COVID safety plan to a get out the vote campaign, which looks an awful lot like David Pluff's roadmap to defeating Donald Trump. Well, looky there. And Pluff, of course, being employed by Mr. and Mrs. Zuckerberg. Looky there, folks. Looks an awful lot, a lot, a lot just like that uh, book on how to beat Trump. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Zuckerberg spent more money in an election than anybody or any company has ever spent in the history of this country to steal this election. And Mark Zuckerberg will be one of those people along with Tony Fauci, Jack Dorsey, and many, many other high-profile names where all of this wrath is storing up. And when the new Republican Party takes power because they're not allowed to, they're not going to uh, let these Democrats steal these elections in these swing states again, that's when things are going to happen, folks. That's when things are going to happen. But anyway, it looks like Michael Gableman has been busy, and I'm very glad that we got an update. I'm very glad that we finally got some word from him because it's been dang near three months since we've uh, heard his initial, since we've seen that initial video of him introducing himself as the new lead investigator as it pertained to the 2020 election fraud. This happening at the same time, if you remember, as the Racine County Sheriff's Department um, filing felony charges with the district attorney on five of the six Wisconsin election commission members. So <laughs> Wisconsin, there's a lot going on there. Of course, you're not hearing about it on the fake news media, but I would like to go ahead today right now. And I would like to give Michael Gableman the Smarty Award of the day here on Live from America, folks. Reason being not because he's actually doing his job, but because he's actually on the right track here to prosecuting and figuring out who is responsible for this. And when you really boil down to it, none of these people could have done what they did without guidance and money. 
money and guidance. Here's the money. Do what we tell you to do. Shut your mouth. Where did the money come from? Mark Zuckerberg. Ladies and gentlemen, it all it goes back to that famous saying, follow the money. All you have to do is follow the money. So the reason that Michael Gableman is getting the Smarty Award of the day is because he's going back to that simple rule of follow the money. And you're always going to get somebody to turn and flip on somebody else because they don't want to be sitting in jail. And I guarantee you that this money goes right to Zuckerberg and to George Soros. Those are the people that are funding all of this trickery and this theft and this, this theft of elections in all of these states. Guaranteed. But we're getting to the bottom of it. Something else that we've gotten to the bottom of, ladies and gentlemen, is Juice Smollett. I mean, Jussie Smollett. This is MAGA country, boy, is what he wanted the world to believe happened. But that's not what happened. And Jesse Smollett, by the time this is all done, will do jail time, ladies and gentlemen, because the two Nigerian brothers who were paid to beat him up, pour bleach on him, and wear MAGA hats, saying this is MAGA country, as Jesse Smollett was walking to Subway at 3 a.m. in the morning, uh, they are now testifying against him that they were paid, ladies and gentlemen, that there was an elaborate hoax, and that they did dry runs of this elaborate hoax leading up to the day that they threw the bleach on him, beat him, and said, this is MAGA country in Chicago. I don't think Chicago is MAGA country, do you? But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I have a video here of these Nigerian brothers in the back of a taxi cab, and the taxi cab camera was subpoenaed, and now that it was invisible in court... (laughs) And here's the two Nigerian brothers doing a dry run two days before the alleged attack from the MAGA country culprits on Jesse Smollett. <laughs> these are the these are the brothers in the back. Oh, anyway, folks. Uh, Jesse Smollett is probably going to do some prison time, and rightfully so, for trying to. I mean, all, all that is, that is an Obama tactic. That is a community organizer Obama tactic uh, to further divide this country, trying to cause problems between white people and black people. You notice it's never the racist Republicans that are doing any of this stuff? You ever notice that? It's never the racist Republicans that are actually coordinating stuff like this. It's always the Democrats. Every single time, it is the Democrats. But of course, they are the party of slavery and the party of the KKK and the party of segregation. So what else do you expect? Anyway, truth is coming out. Lies are being exposed, not only in the Jesse Smollett case, but also in the Jelaine Maxwell case. Also, ladies and gentlemen, with the COVID-19 hoax, and I'm not talking about the sickness. I'm talking about the reaction around it and uh, subsequent funding of it from the United States government through Tony Fauci and then made in Wuhan and then released by China. All of this stuff is coming to light, and we are winning, folks. 
It's just a matter of continuing to expose the truth like the mainstream fake news media won't do. So having said that, let's give Jesse Smollett and his Nigerian paid brothers there uh, the Dum Dum Award of the Day. Speaking of Dum Dums, I have an update for you on Mike Pence, ladies and gentlemen. Real America's Voice News' own David Brody, who used to work for the Christian Broadcast Network and who had been friends with Mike Pence for a very, very long time, got an exclusive interview for the Christian Broadcast Network with longtime friend Mike Pence. Now, I don't know if David Brody and Mike Pence are still friends, but what I do know is that David Brody went right to the heart of the first question yesterday with his exclusive interview with Mike Pence about January 6th. And he actually said, and I, I'm, I'm going to read for you what was said, but um, the question that he asked him was, uh, was exclusively at first about January 6th. And he said, do you know, Mike Pence, are you aware that the entire base that you and Trump created, every one of them think you're a traitor for doing what you did on January 6th. Are you aware of that? And what do you have to say about that? Now, I thought that was a great question to really open up with. And I really thought it was great that David Brody actually did that. Because usually somebody who's a longtime friend would not put you on the spot like that. But of course, David Brody is a real journalist. He's a good guy. Um, and uh, he's got a great producer whom, I'm, whom, whom I've had on this show before, Anna Perez. And they're about the truth. So I thought it was a great question to ask with. But let me read to you what Mike Pence said. He said this, and I'm quoting. It's not to say that there weren't irregularities in the election on January 6th. I said that I believed there were irregularities uh, about which I was concerned and I wanted them to have a fair hearing before Congress. But from the founding of this nation forward, it's been well established that elections are to be governed at the state level and that only role of the Congress has uh, has is to open and count the electoral votes that are submitted by states across the country, no more and no less than that. Yeah, yeah, we get your tired old excuse for an answer. We get it, Mike Pence. You said it a thousand times. And you are correct. States do have the power to govern elections themselves but when you as the vice president of the united states of america and the president of the senate when you become aware that there was massive fraud in each one of these states and that these states even though they have the right to govern the elections in those states themselves the people that had the right to create and enforce those election laws are the Congress, the state legislature. And you knew as the president of the Senate and as the vice president of the United States of America that these, um, the, these criminal uh, governors, secretary of states, Supreme Courts, and attorney generals all work together to create their own election law, which they had no ability or authority to do. So you accepted fraudulent electors. That's what you did. You accepted, knowingly accepted, fraudulent slates of electors to count and open up and count. So if everybody's following the law, then yes, Mike Pence, you are correct. But if you have the knowledge that the law was broken prior to you getting those, um, those slates of electors, then you have a duty, an obligation, and a responsibility to the Constitution and the people of the United States of America to kick it back to Congress 
to decide whether they were real or whether, whether they were fraudulent and then make that determination. That is the power that you had as the president of the Senate. That is the power that you had as a person who was in that position and you chose not to exercise that power because you're a coward. And you will have no future in politics in this country because you are a coward and a traitor because of what you did. But there's more. He says, as you know, in January 2017, I took an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. And then here it goes. But the Bible says, and the Bible says in Psalm 15, that he keeps his oath. And even when it hurts on that day, I could relate to the sentiment, but I wanted to keep my oath to the Constitution, regardless of the concerns, um, regardless of the concerns that I'm glad to see uh, many states addressing now. So he's saying he did the right thing, even though he knew that there was fraudulent activity and irregularities, and he's glad that the states are addressing it now. So he's admitting to knowingly taking fraudulent electors and counting them. In his own answer to David Brody's question, he admits taking fraudulent votes that had massive irregularities surrounding them. This guy's a special kind of stupid, man. Straight stuck on stupid. He then says there were states across the country that conducted their elections outside of how the state legislatures had approved them. Uh, I don't know what I'm supposed to say to that. What are you supposed to say to the man who's answering the question and literally admitting to knowing all the laws and rules that were broke prior to him getting it as the answer and an excuse at the same time? I'm, 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 the guy's making me more stupid by listening to his answer. I'm just blown away by this. I wish President Trump would have come out and blasted this afterwards. So he says that he knows that the, they were conducting the elections outside of how the state legislatures had approved them. And I, tru I truly believe, he says, that was properly reviewed in the courts and ultimately was passed on. But I think it's extremely important in the days ahead that we continue this movement to pass election reforms to restore public confidence in the integrity of our elections. I'm done. I, I don't even know what to say to that. I wish I was questioning him. I'm not saying David Brody did a bad job, but I wish I was the one questioning him for Real America's Voice News. Because I would have been like, everything you just said implicated everything that we've uh, actually validated. Excuse me, not implicated, but validated everything that we've been saying about you. How can you sit here and give me that political answer? Stop being a politician and, uh, real quick and stop pretending that you're, you, you were following the Bible and just look at me man to man and tell me how that makes sense. That's what I would have said to him. Tell me how this makes sense and tell me how you expect me to deliver this message to the viewers that watch this show and actually give it to them in full faith that this was a, a, an honest interview here. We're going to have an honest interview here, but I would never be able to. They would, people would never let me interview people like him for that reason right there. I got two stories, folks, to end with, and they're good stories, okay? I'm a little heated up right now because I'm not going to lie. That Mike Pence thing, like I took that super personally. I took that super personally what he did because I was so in Mike Pence's corner. When everybody said he wasn't going to do it, I said, nope. This guy said he, he's a man of God. He's literally been saying in interviews that they're not going to let it happen. And and from what I understand from inner, uh, inner conversations with, with, uh, with Mark Meadows and President Trump, uh, Jason Miller, and many others, from what I understand, Pence had every... Um, he, he had every intention on, on doing the right thing. And then at the last minute, he caved. Why? 
That's what I would ask him. I would say, why why does everybody in this inner circle say that you were all about to do the right thing and then all of a sudden you caved and you did the wrong thing? Why? Why did you do that? But of course, nobody that will ever ask those questions will be allowed to will be allowed to have a one-on-one interview with them. Never. Anyway, let's move on to some good news here. Um a judge just recently this week ordered a hospital to treat an elderly patient who was dying from covid with ivermectin ladies and gentlemen now this covid who or this patient who was dying from covid was given a 15% chance to live literally was given a 15% chance to live let me bring up this story for you now that i threw my phone because i have it on my phone i want to read it to you it's an incredible story really Okay, here we go. An elderly patient who was dying from COVID-19 fully recovered after a court ordered a hospital administrator to authorize that he be treated with ivermectin. The family's attorney had to go to court because the hospital objected to using ivermectin. Of course they would because they know it works and they don't want that to happen. Unbelievable here. The hospital in Illinois was hell-bent on using remdesivir for the patient, and the treatment failed. Of course it did. Everybody that I talked to that said their family members had remdesivir either passed away or got worse. Um, Remdesivir does not have a good reputation for treating COVID-19, but it's the drug that Dr. Anthony Fauchestein approved of. The patient was dying. His life was saved when a court ordered ordered an outside medical doctor to treat him with the much less expensive ivermectin while the hospital strongly objected. At a court hearing, Judge Paul M. Fullerton of the Circuit Court of Dodge County said that one doctor who testified described the patient as basically on his deathbed with a 10% chance, 10 to 15% chance of surviving. Ivermectin has minor side effects like dizziness, diarrhea, and itchy skin when used as the as the dosage that was recommended, but the judge said the risks of these side effects are so minimal that uh, Mr. N- NG was is his last name. Mr. NG's current situation outweighs that risk uh, by 100 fold. The judge wrote a preliminary injunction that ordered the hospital to immediately allow temporary emergency privileges. The hospital defied the judge's order by denying access by denying do- the doctor access to his patient. Can you this is this is unprecedented ladies and gentlemen with these hospitals and what these pharmaceutical companies are doing lately. It's and, and not only that not only the pharmaceutical companies, but also the pharmacies that will not fill anything, any ivermectin that a doctor um, orders to be filled. So the hospital defied the judge's order and would not let the patient see or the doctor see his patient. The hospital said it wouldn't let Bain in, Dr. Bain, because he wasn't vaccinated against COVID-19. The judge's order didn't say unless the doctor was vaccinated. After the patient's daughter filed an emergency report with the court on November 8th, and the judge heard from both sides. He reprimanded the hospital and ordered them, ordered the hospital must allow Dr. Bain inside for a period of 15 days so he could do his job. He says, we're talking about a man's life here. The hospital filed a motion to, to stay the order and Judge Fullerton denied it and ordered the hospital to comply. In the end, they complied by a court order and the ivermectin worked within 24 hours and since the man is fully recovered and is completely 100% fine. He was on his deathbed. 
10 to 15% chance of living. The doctor ordered the ivermectin. The hospital denied the judge's order, fought him, filed another stay, and lost again, and ultimately had to let the doctor in to administer ivermectin to his patient, and the patient gets up and basically walks out fine. Huh, isn't that crazy? But again, ladies and gentlemen, that is poking a hole in the narrative of the Democrats. Either way, God won in that moment. You can't beat God, and the truth will continue to come out. And now for the last story of the day, and this is going to put a huge smile on your face, and this is going to grow your heart, just like the Grinches in the last part of the Grinch that stole Christmas. The January 6th political prisoners who are being held in Washington, D.C., in inhumane conditions, who can't get a fair trial, who can't seem to keep any money coming in for lawyers because the DOJ continues to bankrupt them and anybody raising money for them, and who can't seem to catch a break, who are living in utter hell, have put out a message to all of us. They said, please, if we had one Christmas wish, if you could get all of us one Christmas gift, and by the way, they put this message out collectively, which is even more inspiring. They said, would you please donate to the children of this great nation who are experiencing hardships in school, who are experiencing suicidal thoughts, who are experiencing anxiety and depression, children who are less fortunate, who have no money, who can't uh, catch a break for Christmas because their parents were fired. They said, can you please donate to the children of this country? That is what we wish for our Christmas gift. For all of you out there who want to donate and help us out, don't worry about us during this Christmas season. We can handle ourselves. Instead, donate to help the youth of this nation because the children are our future and without them we are already dead and that reminds me ladies and gentlemen of the followers of jesus the disciples of jesus and the people who who declared themselves super spreaders of the gospel were jailed simply because they followed christ and spoke a good message of love compassion kindness and unity much like what these January 6th defendants are doing right now. Now, in times of being in prison and in times of dark despair is where you really find the Lord. And God does work in mysterious ways, ladies and gentlemen. And it's really inspiring that God has reached out through the Holy Spirit and touched the hearts of these people who are suffering away from their families and touched their hearts and inspired them so much with the Holy Spirit to say, don't worry about us. Help the children of your community. We'll be just fine. We've got God on our side. Wow. Just wow. What a wonderful story. Sad, but very wonderful as well. They also put a link that you can donate. Uh, they have somebody actually administering this money to children. And you can find that link if you go to the Gateway Pundit and search for the January 6th uh, political prisoners. Uh, it's, it's on one of the top stories. And there is a link there for you guys to help donate to. But they said even if you don't want to do that, just help the children in your neighborhood. And I hope and pray for the safety of these people in, that are locked down like this. And I know that God has special things in store for these people. And maybe this was one of them really touch the hearts of many, 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 many millions of Americans if you spread that story. So let everybody know that that's what those people want for Christmas.
Folks, that's going to do it for Live from America today. Visit JeremyHarrell.com. If you can, if you find value in this show, consider becoming a monthly donor. If not, pick yourself up a good Live from America hat, a good You Can't Beat God hat, and some great apparel. We're going to have about 10 to 15 new items on the store by December 15th. And if you order by December 17th, you'll get everything by Christmas. We will work diligently to get that out. Of course, the studio starts getting built tonight. I'm so excited about that, and I will see you at 5 p.m. for more Live from America. Remember, folks, there are right ways and wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, and keep your chest out. And keep that head up high, folks, because you're a child of God, and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. And you are making a difference. Feel that, know that, and continue to be courageous and further that message. God bless you guys.